Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Right now, we're still working through um, a ton of the COVID stuff that we got that we have going on here. Um, we added a couple more guys today, and um, you know, we're still. What the main focus right now is just a is being able to field the team, get the, get these guys out on the field, and um, you know, we'll have to see later in the week how the how the new ruling is going to be able to affect us. That is Daryl Bevel, Jaguars interim head coach, and he's got his hands full right now. Uh, no doubt about it. Brent Martineau back here in uh, Columbus, Ohio, actually in a little town called Alexandria, just outside of Columbus, Ohio. We're in Gahanna. That's where I was from uh, yesterday and the day before. And uh, tomorrow I'll be back in Jacksonville at String Sports Brewery. Come out, say hello. We'll have Jaguars All Access as well. Uh, 7 o'clock on Fox 30, immediately following our show from 3 until 6 p.m. Good to be back at Strings. Good to be back home in Jacksonville tomorrow as well. Gosh, I've only been away for like a week. It feels like an eternity. Uh, not that we haven't enjoyed ourselves, but I think we're getting the most out of every day. Hey, I was actually <laughs> going to ask you that, and I was going to save it for later, but since you brought it up, uh, natural question. Hopefully your family's not in the other room listening, but if they are, uh, feel free to answer how you would. Anyway, how much time is too much time with the relatives? Uh, we're on like uh, we figured this out over the years, and it's nothing to do. Uh, we like everybody. Uh, it's not we, we got good families and all that stuff. They're but, definitely uh, listening in the other room. All right. No, they're not. I don't think. I think they're actually outside, like playing ping pong or something in in, in another room. Um, but uh, we figure about three days. Okay, so like, you got it down my, to a science then. Well, listen, I don't even have. This. I'm with uh, Steph's family right now and we love uh, being around them and hanging around really do love coming to ohio i, I usually get more it feels like i'm i get a more relaxing time in ohio we like i can uh, think about some things or do some things when you're when i'm at home in rhode island i feel like i gotta go see people and friends and all that stuff right so it's different but from a family perspective and we love them and, and everything like it just feels like uh there's like a three-day window yeah um especially when i'm back home that like i Listen, it can go longer. It's fine, but it's kind of like a cruise to me. <laughs> you know, it's Interesting. like a oh, right? But uh, I, I don't know if it's because of all the work. It still exists on the other side. Yeah. And I, I partly feel that way. Like, I mean, I had like an hour and a half meeting earlier today right before the show and have been writing some stuff and doing some rundown. I mean, we're still working from here. You got you got to this time of year. I mean, if we're going to sneak away, you got to do some work as well. But, I, yeah, I think it's about three days. Like, uh, and again, now we're used to, we don't have anybody that has lived near us. Uh, we lived in Providence for two years, so that was back home for me. Um, and, and Steph and I lived there. And then we were in Albany, New York, and that's when the kids were born and stuff, too. So then we were five years there, but we didn't have family there. Nobody was close. And now we've been in Jacksonville, and nobody's close. So uh, people come down and visit, but, you know, guess we're kind of used to not being um, uh, around family that much i'm with so, you uh and maybe they're not they're used, they're used to being not being around us <laughs> yeah that's true i just asked because ours is like when all of our like relatives get together it's like 45 minutes tops and then we're good yeah i think there's an element to that you know i mean again i, I feel like there's a good three-day window here's the other thing and i really tried we surprised everybody going back home thanksgiving at my place and part of the reason i did that is because i feel bad when everybody's got to adjust their schedule to us yeah, you know, yeah, like I hear you come saying. in, it's like okay, drop everything you're doing. Uh, Brent and Steph and the kids are coming in town. You know, so yeah. like, 
like you don't have to spend every waking minute with us. Like it's fine. Like if you've got some other things to do, that's that's cool. I got you. And so that was part of the reason we surprised like my my folks and stuff because I figured it was the holidays and everybody was going to be doing their own thing and I didn't want everybody to change uh, because of that. So it's a good question. Um, hey, that's what you get with me. And it's Just all love. Questions. It's all love. No, that's good. Like, every time I hear that, now, it's like, oh, well, like Telvin Smith used to say that. What the hell is Telvin Smith doing now? That is a great question. Um, I do wonder that occasionally, randomly, when I, I do too, drive by some certain areas of town. But I, I like, what is he doing now? Like, what what happened to Telvin Smith? Like, did did he ever end up like anything in that case? I I don't think anything like that. I don't think he's in jail. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, like I I don't know where that landed. I got to ask our newsroom about that. Somebody's got to know. Telvin, if you're listening, 904-362-9901. I mean, it's just all love. dark, man. I mean, yeah, he's got to be back in Valdosta unless somebody's seen him around Jacksonville. That's true. So I think somebody saw him like, oh, it's been a while, though. Nah, that was like a year we ago. Saw him so. at a, we saw him at a, at a high school football game. Yeah, that was you. All right. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, I mean, shoot, man, he looked like he weighed like 170 pounds. Yeah. So, and he already is kind of thin anyway, even in the NFL. But, oh, man, I mean, just talk about ruining a career. Uh, it's just... It baffles me. Um, but uh, Telvin Smith did it, got out, and, and it's gone downhill for him. And, and But uh, it's interesting. Once in a while, you're like, what happened to him? Like, I haven't heard that name mm. mentioned in a while. Three years probation. So he's not in jail, 100%. Oh, is that what he got? Was that the determining thing? Yeah. That was the verdict? May 21 of 21, ironically. Yeah, three oh, years wow. probation. Okay. So somebody knows where he is. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's not us. All right. Uh, hey, Doug Peterson. Uh, actually, before I mention Doug Peterson, I want to mention UNF Ospreys. Did you see this? They, yeah. they They made up the game, Florida State, which was a guarantee game. That's a money game. That's important to UNF basketball. Well, then, so they, they make it up by getting Kansas State on board. And right. they're going to Kansas State. I think they actually went to Manhattan, Kansas today. Oh, jeez. And I think when they got there, I think the game couldn't go on. So they canceled it, and now they're canceling. Uh, they were supposed to play Florida National on the 30th tomorrow. And then I think they were going to play somebody else this weekend. Uh, now I can't even remember who. but And that game's been postponed. So they had two games. They canceled them. They tried to make them up. They found opponents. And now those are being canceled. That's how crazy college basketball is right now. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, if, you, if you're if you a diehard to ESPN 690, which we appreciate, you obviously haven't heard any FSU basketball in a while. They're going through something similar. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation to be in. But that's super unfortunate if they went to Kansas. Like, I, does some, that that stinks. Like overall, that that's unfortunate, especially for a program like UNF who can't really afford to fly to Kansas for fun and then just come on back. Well, my guess is they probably got that part of it paid for. Uh, I would think, although it could, I didn't check. It could have been UNF if they're already canceling the next game. That uh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Then it would be on them, right? And it might be on them. Yeah. yeah. It's, so uh, still, it's tough either way. I thought, now maybe they deleted the tweet, because I swear I saw them landing in, I think they were supposed to play uh, today, UNF. But you can check out UNFospreys.com. That's what I'm doing right now, actually, for all the information. Uh, their, yeah, their, their game was scheduled for this evening, and they were in Manhattan, Kansas. It got canceled. They were going to play Kaiser next on Friday. That is being canceled. So uh, head into the new year with uh, less basketball. The basketball season all over the place has been... It's just going to be a lot of teams that are pretty rusty from a game situation standpoint going into conference play, and that's the way it's going to start out. 
uh, in NCAA college basketball. Check out the men's and women's schedule, unfospreys.com. You can get tickets at unfospreys.com as well. And news and, and schedules and results of all the other sports going on uh, on campus, University of North Florida Ospreys. All right, Doug Peterson tomorrow set to interview according to reports. How high on the list is Doug Peterson? How high on your list is Doug Peterson? Uh, on my list, one or two on the Jags list, obviously there's no telling. But, yeah, I think if obviously you want to do your due diligence and interview everybody that you want to interview, but it seems like if if he blows you away, look, give him the job. That's how I see it. But, you know, I'm not making the hire. I wish I was, but I'm not. But, yeah, I think Doug Peterson, he got the best out of an Eagles team that if you look at the roster that won the Super Bowl, were they the most talented? No, absolutely not. Nick Foles, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Uh, again, quality quarterback, but at the same time, it's still Nick Foles. So, yeah, I think I think if he blows you away, hire him on the spot, Shad. Go ahead. Make everybody delete the emoji. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what's – I think he's high on the list. I think he should be one or two on their list. Just think about this, okay? You got a Jacksonville Jaguars organization that has been pitiful, terrible, yep. disgusting, gross dysfunctional yeah. all the rest yeah keep going yeah and out on the beach and on the golf course in jupiter florida a few hours away you've got a coach that's in his early 50s that made carson wentz an mvp candidate or helped and nick Foles play the best football of his life that's made him a legend in, in in the harsh sports town of philly he's got a statue they both do and he's got a Super Bowl ring. To go find a coach that has a Super Bowl ring that's not coaching, you have to either go get Bill Parcells, not, okay, who's yeah. too old to coach, yep. or you have to lure Tony Dungy out of the booth. Right. Like, Which... who else is floating around there? Mike Holmgren? Um, Bill Cower. Bill Cower, and that's all. Well, John Gruden, but that's obviously not going to happen. Yes. So all those guys, either for circumstantial reasons, age, or they don't want to do it, you're not going to get them. Right. But you've got a guy in Peterson who said, "Yeah, I can't wait to go interview there." Yeah, that Jacksonville job looks like it could be pretty good. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He got the best out of Carson Wentz. He got the best out of Nick Foles. There's plenty of like to like. Listen, we can also say what's not to like, what concerns you. Well, yeah, I think his run-ins with the, the, the front office, yeah, that should concern you a little bit. There's already been dysfunction in Jacksonville. Could there be more dysfunction on the horizon? Well, you might be creating that mess on your own if you keep Trent Bulky anyway. Yeah. But maybe Peterson says something like, hey, I don't want Bulky around, and I'm going to pick my own guy. And maybe that's the way they go. But why do we always focus on the bad part? Like, people are throwing out, like, his numbers against, I think I saw one without Frank Reich. It's like 22 and 25. Hello, people. We take 22 and 25 right now around here. Yeah, we're not greedy. 22 and 25 sounds awfully nice, to be honest with you. You I know mean, how many I, opens I'd have to make? 22. Yeah, 22 opens. That would be good. Uh, I mean, listen, you can't, you're not going to get this perfect coach that's never going to lose. This isn't college football. They just tried that with the guy in college football. It didn't work. So, I mean, can we s chill out on the standards? 
a little bit? Like, yeah. I mean, it's hard to win in the NFL. You know, being around 500 over a, a, a decent period of time is actually a pretty good record in the NFL. You know what's not a good record in the NFL? The Jags record yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. So why are we so, like, stop with all that stuff. I just told you, and, and there might be other ones out there, but there are, like, six coaches that you could name that would be, like, actually not even six. You could name four coaches that would be reasonable fits to be a coach in the NFL still that have Super Bowl rings that don't currently have jobs. And, like, three of them wouldn't want it. They don't want it because they don't want to get back in. Yeah. There's one guy that wants to get back in. Like, that's, I don't know, man, that's pretty damn good stuff. Like, you know, that's a, that's a resume that I'm bringing to the table. That's pretty good. Yeah. it's. You know, I'm starting my conversation with, hey, uh, hey, Shot. Heck of a yacht, man. But <laughs> I, I, I got this. Uh, I'm wearing my Super Bowl ring with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, shot. I'm one of, like, uh, and, and, again, I haven't done this, like, full research, so there's probably others out there. But let's just say I'm about, like, a handful of guys. Like, there's Holmgren, and there's uh, John Gruden. Well, you're not touching him. And there's Bill Parcells. Well, he's, like, super old. And there's uh, – Coughlin. And Coughlin. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, he's down there. You tried that. Uh, there's uh, – we didn't list him, by the way. There's also uh, T- Cower. Well, he he's he he loves the TV gig, and Tony he Dungy. already sold his houses in in Ponte Vedra. And uh, there's Tony Dungy, and well, I mean, it'd be great if he could come along, but it doesn't seem like he wants to. He already says he's not getting back into coaching. He appreciates the all the the people saying so. Shot. Those are all that have this Super Bowl ring that I'm wearing right here. That have even like that are out there on the street. Hey, hey you can, you know Jim Caldwell's a hell of a guy. He's a good football coach. Doesn't have one of these. It's a good pitch, Brent. Uh, I'm Todd Bowles doesn't have one of these. Hey, by the way, remember that guy Nick Foles that you brought down and paid $50 million to? I got him to win a Super Bowl. I'm the reason you paid him. You had to trade him. Yeah. Like, this this interview should be pretty simple for Doug Peterson. Should be a quick one. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I'm not saying he's the top guy on my list. I, I have some curiosities, uh, and I'd love to sit in there and see, okay, what's your vision? What did you learn about the dysfunction? We have to – hey, Doug, if I'm shocked, we got to get the dysfunction out of here, man. we got to clean this up. This has been a decade-long kind of thing, even more, even before my time here, if I'm shot. Like, how do you clean that up? Like, we don't want that. We want to win. We want to win. We want to do it the right way. We want good people. We have a good quarterback. He's a good young man. He's a good player. Something to build around. We have money. We're willing to spend it. We're going to have a new stadium down the road. Like, but we want this to, as we someday have that stadium, we, we, want, we want to still be winning. We want to talk about Doug Peterson, eight years of winning, and hopefully a Super Bowl in that time. But definitely, like, knocking on the door of the playoffs every year. We don't want three years from now, hey, he's pointing fingers at him, and he's pointing fingers at him, and we're trading this guy because uh, we can't cultivate anything in here. Is Doug Peterson that guy to help you do that? I think that's the one red flag I have about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. But, look, the Super Bowl ring speaks for itself. And when you think about that Eagles team, at least in my opinion, first thing I thought of was defense, and that's probably fair. They were pretty good. However, when you dive into it, they scored the third most points in the National Football League that year. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl. But when you look at the roster, Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey, Trey Burton, Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blount, who I love, but Corey, uh, Corey Clement, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is very talented. But when you look at those other guys, do you look at any of them and think, wow, 
no wonder they won the Super Bowl. They had a go-to guy in Alshon Jeffrey. Well, that wasn't the case. They had an unstoppable running game. That really wasn't the case either. At the end of the day, he got the best out of those guys. And what you have right now in Jacksonville is those guys and Trevor Lawrence. You had a quarterback in Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, as it was. You have Trevor Lawrence. You have those guys. That gives me some hope. Yeah, and by the way, like, not only that, hey, hey, Shad, have you ever heard of the Philly special? You see it, like, everywhere now in the NFL? We, like, created that play. You know, I knew, I, I knew you'd be interested because of the trick play scenario. You're always advocating for a trick play. Uh, how many trick plays do you think we'll get with Doug Peterson? Yeah, I think good amount. I mean, listen, I, if I'm Frank Reich, I'm probably saying that was my play. But if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm saying, hey, see the Super Bowl ring, that was my play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it know? all comes back to the ring, Shad. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like this interview, I'd love to listen to this interview with Doug Peterson. And, again, I believe people really do learn a lot on their second go-around. They really do. Do I think I think Gus Bradley would be a way better coach this time around than he was in Jacksonville? Really do. I think Tom Coughlin was. I think Bill Belichick was. I think Bill um, – uh, who else? Give me another one. I second Todd, time around? Yeah. I Andy Reid? Andy Reid, you're right. Was Andy Reid was pretty good in the first time too, but uh, yeah, I, I think these guys. I, I think that's. I think where Ron, Ron Rivera is right now in Washington. I think Jack Del Rio was in in uh, L.A. at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Oakland at the time. Yeah. Uh, I think Todd Bowles will be. I think Dan Quinn will be. I think those guys will be. You know, and and so, and by the way, I think Jim Caldwell was. Yeah. Because we keep saying Jim Caldwell like. Second time around, it's actually be his third. Yeah, that's fair. But, hey, third's good, too. We'll take it. So, listen, I'm a big fan of Caldwell right now. I, I think uh, the personality, uh, the lack of ego in the building and separation and dysfunction matters. And so that concerns me a little bit from what we've seen from the outside on, on Doug Peterson. Um, but we don't know him. And so I think there's a lot to like. I'm going to not harp on the negative side because I think the positives are really strong. And I'm going to continue to say one thing that's probably going to be overlooked on the Peterson front. But maybe I should do this just to pound it home more. I feel like, and, and it's a feeling of mine, I hope I'm right. If you go back to those Philly years and you look at his record in November and December, and especially like mid-November and into December, the month of December, when things get hot in the NFL, right? When things matter in the NFL, when it's time to hit a new level in the NFL, when the good teams start to separate themselves in the NFL, I think that's when Doug Peterson's teams were really good. Like, they were really good when even Carson Wentz was kicking butt, and then he got hurt, and then they continued it, and then hit a new level with Nick Foles. But the year after, they were not that good, if I remember correctly. And then they hit the gas again to get into the postseason. Yeah. And then I think, remember, they beat Chicago, I think, in the opening round before losing that, in the next round? Yeah, all of that is correct. So on November 25th, they were 4-6. and six. They ended the season 9-7, and seven, and then obviously beat the Chicago Bears, yes. And if you remember, Nick Foles had them uh, roughly the 30 driving down the field and Alshon Jeffrey let the ball go through his hands and picked yeah. off by Lattimore. So, yeah, to your, you're exactly right on your point. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I don't think we should dismiss that. I think, you know what that says to me, Casey? It says that guy knows how to win at the right time in the NFL, but that means coaching is getting your team better in the NFL. Yeah. Like, and you didn't, you have two ways to go when you're four and six around Thanksgiving. 
You go in the tank or you get the hell out of it. And he got the heck out of it. Right. And, and st this team has gone in the tank in those stretches before, this franchise. So I do think those things matter. Like, I would look at that. I, if I'm Doug Peterson helping put together his portfolio, I that's like on my – it might not be my front page because it's just a big Super Bowl ring on my front page. But on page, like, two or three, like, that is is near the top because I think that matters in the NFL. Like, we are going to – listen, Sean, even if we're not the most talented team in the NFL, I am going to find a way to win you six, seven, eight games. I would have found a way for this team to win five, six, seven games this year. Like, I want to hear that if I'm shotgun. Because I tell you what, I'm Brett Martineau and I want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I want to hear somebody tell me that they can win me six, seven, eight games even with a team that's just okay. Because you know how many other teams in the NFL do it? A lot. Yeah. A lot. And, and the Jags are stuck on two. Yeah, they are. And I think if, just to your point that you're just making, if you think about, okay, the, the Houston game week one was horrible. But for a couple weeks after that, we thought they were getting better. I did. And then it turned out they weren't. But to your point... They might have been able to win a, a couple of these games down the stretch that they that they weren't that they couldn't obviously if you have a coaching staff that makes your team better because they were in a few of those games the scoreboard wasn't as bad as it looked so I think right there that's another attractive point that you can at least make in the interview like hey I've been known to do this and you guys were trending in that direction and then what happened you your your coach lost his mind for lack of a better term but um, I, I think that's an interesting selling point that you could have just based off what was happening this season. Yeah, uh, by the way, HP says Peterson's a no-brainer for me. Super Bowl-winning uh, head coach can develop the QB, players coach. Someone, most importantly, can restore the sanity and culture of the franchise. First-year head coach is risky after the urban debacle. I agree, by the way. Give me someone with experience. Uh, I totally agree there. Uh, th this guy says Peterson won with bleep on the roster, born and raised in Philly, just saying. Um, I don't think that part matters. The first part does, the, the uh, poop emoji part. Uh, That's what I was saying. Um, the, uh, let's see, uh, Stevie Sachs says, um, <laughs> he's got his list of coaches, Leftwich, Peterson, Caldwell, and Dilla. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. There you go. As a shout out to Dilla. All right. Got to get one in here on the show today. Um, Kevin says, if he tells Balky to get out of town, he'd be my pick for coach of the year. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's about how it is right now in Jacksonville. Um, Meta World Crazy says Peterson is first on my list. These emojis, I feel like I'm watching a live movie of it or something. Yo, that's on good. on my Twitter feed. You like, just came up with that, or somebody tweeted that? No, I did. Oh, that's pretty good. Nice yeah, work. Thank you. Uh, it, it is kind of creepy though. Like if you're low key scared of clowns a little bit, <laughs> which people are, by the way. Amanda is like she. Oh, she said. <laughs> She hasn't she's, opened Twitter in days. Dude, she deleted the app <laughs> off her phone. And, like, today she's like, well, good thing I kind of got over that, but I had to delete the app. I was like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Like, Did she really delete the app? Yeah, not her account, just the app. She's like, I can't do it. We so, knew somebody. You know, it's funny you say that. We knew somebody that, uh, who was it? Uh, I remember. I won't say a name. But uh, they, they were afraid of, like, mascots. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, seriously, like, had, like, phobia about the mascot. Because uh, yeah, we don't. Have I, to I never really went too deep into the conversation. I was like, okay, that's a little odd, but um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know. I, but but we we seriously knew somebody. I haven't seen this person in years, but it was in Jacksonville. So, uh, but uh, interesting. Mascots yeah, are nice, though. That's pretty wild. But but I have heard people are afraid of clowns. Yeah. 
No, it's a thing. We, we like back. But when isn't I, that the same thing, kind of like mascot clown? You know. Uh, no, I, I no. Like clowns are like clowns are low key creepy. Like if you just think about like I don't know, it's a weird thing. By but the way, like, are they as creepy? Like, oh, first of all, Jags Twitter is making them que- creepier. Yeah, no, that's weird. But yeah. are they creepy mostly because of Stephen King and the movie? Yeah, like here's the thing. I never had like a fear of clowns. Like, so the best example is like they used to have like a a clown house at uh, the Bush Gardens Hollow Scream, and like I'd go with Amanda. She's like, I can't go in there. Like I just can't do it. And I was like, I never really understood where the fear comes from. But like looking back, like clowns in general, like what they do, like it's just like a creepy thing. I don't know how yeah. to explain. It. Like they just they don't sit right with a lot of people for no real reason other than it's weird. Like it's yeah. just strange. By yeah. the way, uh, Mark Bozo. Mark Bozo the Clown. That's a good one. I have a Bozo the Clown cookie jar. Anyway, uh, Mark on Facebook says, I like Peterson, walks in the building with instant credibility. Yeah, I think so. Like that. By the way, that is a real thing in the NFL. Like a ring matters. Like a big time. We saw it with Malik Jackson. Yep. Uh, we saw it with, you know, it's, it's funny. We didn't see it necessarily with a ring for Calais Campbell. But I think he had been to one, and just the success that they had had spoke volumes. And so people that have done it and won, or at least been a part of successful programs, like they are very well respected in the NFL. And, and But Malik Jackson, I really remember that being a conversation. And, and there were some others in that, in that uh, locker room at the time, like around 16, 17, 18, that had won. Uh, it was like the most that I remember that had won Super Bowl rings. That was only like three of them. And I can't even remember the other two now, uh, or other one or whatever. But it was it was multiple people. Like if you look around the Jags locker room, they have not had many people that have even experienced winning Super Bowls. Yeah. From from long snapper to coaches. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm trying to think of who the other ones are now that you said that. Yeah, I do. Now I I is I just know, one of them? No. Um, I have to go back and think now. But I know there were a couple, and it, it was like. There were, it was like one of them I remember being a name like that just wouldn't pop out at you, but he had a ring, you know. Now, let, now did O'Shaughnessy win a ring at all with the Patriots? No. He didn't? Mm-mm. Okay. But, but even a guy like him that knows what the Patriot organization was about and had been in there, you know, Calais had a little bit of that. He was around Fitzgerald and, and Peterson and Arizona. They had success, I think. Uh, Calais had gone to the Super Bowl and lost to Pittsburgh, you know, or maybe he'd gone to the NFC champ. Maybe it was a championship game and lost. Now I'm getting all confused, but you get my point. Yeah. Uh, the Peterson having a ring really does matter. Like it does matter. It resonates. I know how to get to the mountaintop. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, few people in that Jags organization, uh, really do. Laurente McCray. Ah, uh, McCray. There you go from Denver, right? Yep. And he's still, do- actually he's still in there. Been yeah. In there. So there you go. That was that was kind of the guy I was looking at. And it might even have been one other guy. Uh, might have been one other guy. But uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't remember. I met Mac a long time ago, um, in, early in high school. And we have one of my better friends, Miller Forstall. They played at Alabama together. I went to high school with Miller. So we have like that mutual friend. Um, don't talk too much. You know, I haven't I haven't talked to him in a long time actually, but just have kind of obviously followed his journey. You know, we've kind of been aligned. He's a year older than me, but still kind of gone through things at the same time. So kept up with him. Um, when I met him, he was a great guy. I mean, it was like I said, forever ago. So um, we, we don't talk a ton, but it's been cool to, you know, see his success this year. Obviously they're doing, they're doing a really good job. 
That is Trevor Lawrence, and uh, it's interesting how anticipated last week, I think, was the um, matchup between Trevor and Zach Wilson. And, heck, we haven't even got into that this week between him and Mac Jones. Yeah. You know? Another, I, I mean, another week where we don't talk about the game until, like, Friday. We're like, well, there was stuff yeah. going on. And we don't even have a show Friday. Um, oh, boy. But, like, listen, this is a big deal. I mean, Mac Jones, a Jacksonville guy, again, I don't think people as good as Mac, Mac has been, and it's an awesome that he's off to this start, I don't think people are like, man, I wish we had Mac Jones instead. I think Mac Jones would really be struggling down here. Uh, again, I think as this year goes along further and further, you realize it's less and less of an indictment on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. In fact, you could make the case he's performed well in these adverse conditions. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, like yeah. how how much how much worse would it look if Fields was in this place, if Zach Wilson was in this place, if Mac was in this place, if Trey Lance was in this place? I think you can make the case how much worse could it be for him. Uh, so, I, I, again, I'm not sitting here and going to get on that that pedestal and say, "Hey, look at the job that Trevor's done here in Jacksonville this year." I mean, it's been disappointing on so many levels, but he's been in a very disappointing situation as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's uh, it, it made me chuckle a bit when you said Mac would be struggling here. Trevor's struggling too. Like it's just a tough it's a tough scenario to be in. But yeah, I I talked about this with Brian the the other night. Mac like Mac is in such a great spot, and it's good for it's like perfect for him. Obviously, we've talked about that. But like he, like when I compared Mac to Zach Wilson, it's like I don't think the Jets if they could do it over would take Mac Jones because you know. He wouldn't be as good as a New York Jet because, one, the offensive line would be running for his life, and that's not really Mac's game. He just is good, as good as he is because he got put into a perfect position. It'll take a couple years to figure out who, like, if the Jets actually should have picked him. But on the surface, I, it's hard to say. You know what I mean? I think it's clear as day Mac Jones would not be having the success. And, by the way, he's had some rough games. I mean, his last game out was a rough one. Right. You know, I mean, the, against the Bills alone, he threw three passes in one game and got a win, so he did nothing. And and yeah. then he did poorly against them last time out. So uh, he's got a lot to prove still coming down the stretch, but he has had a good rookie year, I think better than people expected. Uh, and I think it's fair to say he would not be nearly the uh, good as good from a completion percentage and a win-loss percentage and, and everything else if he was here in Jacksonville and in many other places like the Jets and Chicago and, and where these other rookies are. Uh, I think it has been floated around that how good would the Patriots be if they had Trevor Lawrence? Oh, and I'm not yeah. sure the answer is they would be that much better. I'm not convinced of that. I think Mack has done very well in that offense. He's fit very well. He's done exactly what they need him to do. Could Trevor do a little bit more with his arm talent and skill set? Maybe. But is Mac doing a better job of adapting to the NFL because he played at Alabama and, and, and because he's, he's maybe a little more cerebral than Trevor? I think you can make that argument. Yeah. No, I just think, for me at least, it would be interesting to see Trevor Lawrence with Josh McDaniels, I think. Because looking at what we've seen Trevor with, it hasn't been that impressive, so... I think we, we give Josh McDaniels a lot of credit, so I think it'd be interesting to see how he would have developed Trevor versus how Trevor has been developed. Yeah, I hear you. That's fair enough. Um, all right, listen, i got to find this article. Uh, let's see if i got to get behind a pay paywall. But uh, mm -hmm. I looked, uh, I'm really, 
running a little against it on time, but I want to get into this real quick. I tweeted an article from the Buffalo News back in 2017. Um, we have plenty of time, by the way. 2017. I think actually that might have been updated in 2020, this article says. Uh, but this was way back. This was when they hired McDermott. And uh, as long as I read this right, it said, yeah, it says Bill's co-owner Terry Pagula will introduce new coach Sean McDermott on Friday afternoon, then step aside. Pagula will take no questions. Neither will his wife, Bill's co-owner Kim Pagula. That's how they prefer it. McDermott from now on will talk for the Bills. So right there in the first line of this Buffalo News article, you know it's a coach-centric team. Yeah. Right? That's, He's that's going obvious. to be the, the face of the team. They hired him before the GM. But in this article, Tim Graham said, A day before McDermott's arrival, Terry and Kim Bagula spoke with me for 90 minutes on a video conference from their home in Boca Raton, Florida. By the way, they live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> for everybody that's mad about Shotgun not living like right here. There you go. Um, Let them know. They also own the Buffalo Sabres. And Ooh. so what my point in this is, I think Chad Khan, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars brass should read this article. I think Chad Khan should pick up the phone and talk to uh, Tony uh, Terry and, and Kim Pagula. I think Chad Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars should do and model this situation after the way the Bills did it back in 2017. And what they did is they brought in McDermott. They made the hire. They, leaned, they had like four interviews, essentially, is what this article says. They had some people that were in the know that gave a list. And previously, they had, they had Rex Ryan, okay? So it was a little dysfunctional by the right. time they had left. Uh, there are questions in here about how dysfunctional it was in Buffalo at the time. There are questions in here about, hey, the last time around you interviewed 10, 11, 12 guys for people for the job. Why did you do it that way versus now just four? Maybe that alone is a method. But I think the overriding factor is there are some similarities. And so much so that in the article it says an ESPN analyst declared Anthony Lynn should run from the Bills opening. The Boston Globe called your ownership a clown show. What the heck? How does that sit with you in terms of the questioning? So... I Seriously, I tweeted this article out. I, I can't go over every bit of it. Yeah. I just think, I'm telling you, sometimes if you could build a company, wouldn't you look at what Apple has done? Yeah. Coca-Cola has done. Amazon. Right? Like, what? It's a copycat league, right? When you see the Philly special, you now see it 55 times over the next few years. Yeah. When you see a scheme that works, like Seattle's and Gus Bradley gets hired and Dan Quinn does it and, and Todd Wash does it, all these people do it. Like, that is the way the world wa works. When, when you have the West Coast offense, it's adopted, then people do it. Like, that's, it's a copycat world. It's not just a copycat league. You follow success. That's why books are written. You know, that, that's, and so the Bills in 17 were not that far off from the Jacksonville Jaguars of 2021. They're a mess. Yeah. Had some good players, and actually you could make the case that the Jags were in better shape now because they have a franchise quarterback. They had Tyrod Taylor in place at that time. Correct. Who wasn't a franchise quarterback. And so it would be 2017 where eventually McDermott would help hire Brandon Bean. And Brandon Bean and McDermott would then work together to build a roster that would land in the playoffs somewhat surprisingly and take on the surprising Jacksonville Jaguars as well here in Jacksonville. 
the Jags won that game. Tyrod Taylor concussed in that game. Nate Peterman had to come in in that game. The, the Bills were not very, very good, but they were good enough to get in the postseason for the first time in over two decades. And since then, they said, we're not good enough here. We're not going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. We're going to go get ourselves a quarterback. They made moves. We've talked about this before. They've made moves to go get Stephon Diggs. They've been aggressive. They've been sound decisions. They haven't hit on everything. They've got lucky in some spots. But the tandem of McDermott and B and how they got to McDermott and B is something that the Jacksonville Jaguars, Shad Khan, and anybody advising Shad Khan should really look into. And I think there are some big-time similarities between the Bills of 17 going into that offseason and the Jaguars here as we enter 2022. It's as simple as that. Will it work? There's no guarantees that it would work the same way. But there's a blueprint out there to go chase it in a similar fashion. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars should follow that blueprint. Man, you put my mind in a blender when you said clown show. Holy cow, I lost it. it. There's a lot here. There's a lot to digest from how many interviews the Jacksonville Jaguars are now doing to the dysfunctionality of that organization to the clown show remark and people said don't go there and run away from it like a Zigbo not coming to play a game here or Dan Quinn saying I'm not interested in the job to many other things. But most importantly, you go find the right guy, which is Peterson or Caldwell in my estimation, and then you meaning your brass and that new coach go find a GM that's going to fit and you guys are going to work together. Yeah. And by the way, that would take the clown show part out because then the Trent Bulky thing wouldn't be a thing. Right. We get rid of the clowns overall, which is what I'm, I'm hoping for, I'm advocating for. Go so. back and look at my tweet. Go back and read the Buffalo News article in Q&A. It's, it's pretty telling and pretty similar and maybe Shotcon and the Jags brass will do the same. They have one more advantage than we do. They can just give Terry and Kim Pagula a call. That's fair. Uh, although they do make it pretty clear they're not giving away their trade secrets no. <laughs> in that article. They deflect a lot of questions in that article. Dang it. Uh, I'd like to get uh, Tim Graham, who did the question and article on the show. I reached out to him, but I hadn't heard back uh, this holiday week. We'll be back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Well, I, to be honest with you, I haven't got a lot of feedback from them. Um, you know, I just made the decision to, to, to keep them out of here. Um, obviously, there's protocols and things they have to do, so they have to come in and test. But um, they know, the, you know, the things that we're trying to do to keep them safe. Obviously, anytime they're in the building, they got their masks on. Um, you know, we're trying to keep the, the, the meeting rooms look way different than they used to look. There's, there's much more space. Um, I was going to even use the indoor um, this week as our, as our facility instead of being inside um, in, in, in even those bigger meeting rooms. Um, so just trying to do everything we can to, you know, to, to knock this thing out. But um, it's got a little bit of hold on us right now. That is interim coach Daryl Bevel, and I can't help but feel for this guy. I mean, it's a lot. Do you not feel uh, you're not as nice a person as me? I don't think sometimes. So I'm not. Do you not feel for. Um, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough spot. I mean, I, I do in a way feel for him because the, <laughs> he he went through this last year in a sense. And then when you get hired by Urban Meyer, you're not really thinking you're going to have to go through this, especially taking over as the head coach again. But here we are. So, yeah, I do kind of feel for him. And at the end of the day, they're not super talented. So he's got to deal with that, too. So I think I think he's been served a tough, 
a tough plate, but uh, I'm not one for feeling bad for people, but I do low-key feel bad for him. Yeah, listen, he didn't ask for this situation, and I think it's a tough one to be in. And, and look, I think there's a lot. If you go back and listen to his news conference today, and you'll see it. I mean, he, he one time says, and I wasn't even making fun of him. He's like, someone's like, hey, how's Josh doing? They're like, he's like, Josh who? Like, yeah. Josh who? There's only one Josh on the on the team that, like, really matters, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Josh I Hammond. Know. I know Josh Hammond's a wide receiver, so maybe that's who he was thinking because cause Bevel's an offensive guy. Like, I even, they were asked, asked him about Tyson Campbell, and you could tell, like, go back and listen to his answers on Tyson Campbell. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's like, I got, I've been worried about the offense. Yeah. And now I'm worried about getting, like, enough players on the field for Sunday's game. Like, yeah, I, gave, I mean, it was really some generic, he did a good job answering the question best he could. <laughs> like, you could tell it wasn't, like, super insightful. Like, oh, yeah, like, I mean, Tyson Campbell. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> it's just like so you could just tell his mind is his head is spinning. Yeah, it's in a blender. And I I mean, you could re- the way I look at it is imagine if it was flipped a little bit and they put Joe Cullen in charge. They'd ask Joe, like, how do you feel about Dare as your running back? He'd be like, who? Yeah, who? Right? Like, he's in, like either way, they're in a tough spot. It is. Yeah. And, and so, like, you look at him from an offensive game plan. They stunk on offense all year. They've got a rookie quarterback they're trying not to make life even more miserable for. They have their own. Their top three running backs are out. Right now, four offensive linemen are on the COVID list, starters. Uh, they already have receivers that have been very disappointing this year. They're going against uh, Matt Judon and the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick in December in Foxborough uh, at Gillette Stadium. They, I mean, they just want to go home. Yeah. They just want the season to be over with. And, and they can't even get all together. The COVID list changed. The rules change every day. I mean, I don't know when you have time to put together a game plan, quite frankly. Yeah. Like, I really don't. Like, yeah. And, and um, like, I'm not saying, look, the guy, yeah, great, the guy's getting paid money. And he's, he's not getting paid money to do this. That's not what his job title says. No. Like, this guy should get a bonus right now, to be honest with you. And I think he's, their offense has been awful all year. I'm just telling you, I feel bad for the role that he's in and the other coaches. I mean, they're trying like hell to keep this thing together. Um, and, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that they hear everything from the outside. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's tough to not hear it at this point. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at his just him in general, his press conferences from last, like, when he took over to today, dude's aged at least 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the first one, he was, like, happy and upbeat. He's like, yeah, you know, it's a tough situation, but we're going to make the best of it. Today, he's like, man, I just hope I have enough players. Uh, Jacksonville will do he's that like, to you. He's like, please help me. <laughs> the Jacks will do that to you. No doubt about it. Uh, by the way, I, I think uh, I, I think probably guys like Balky and everybody else who have been around this thing are helping out as much as can. I mean, Bevel, it's not like he's a rookie to the NFL. He's been around the league for a long time. So he knows that part. Um, so that's good. And, and, again, I think there are some pretty good football people in the building. It's been awful this year. It's gone south that i how much of that's on urban how much of that's not being able to kind of do things the way they think it should be done versus how somebody else thought it should be done i think it's quite a bit yeah. you know so uh, i can make some excuses for him i i just listen this isn't really about hey daryl bevel should be the next coach of the jags hey daryl bevel he's great hey hey this staff's unbelievable i i think i've been critical of this staff more than any staff i've ever talked about in jacksonville ever that's right. and I still think you can kind of, like, sympathize with the guy that there's a lot of stuff going on. And to the point where they don't even know if they can take the whole plane ride together. Yeah. Because yeah. there will be guys that are on the COVID list that might test negative Sunday morning before the game and be eligible to play. 
Well, you can't have them on the plane with you on Saturday if they might test positive. Like, how are they doing this? Yeah, I, I don't even know where you go about getting another plane. Well, I mean, they'll figure that out. And they do have people to help do that. But, I mean, that's how much is going on. This guy was supposed to be designing plays, like, a month ago. And now he's, like, worrying about plane rides. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> telling you, he's aged hey. 30 years in a week. Yeah, now he wishes, uh, he wishes like, Charlie Strong was named the interim. Yeah, <laughs> low-key, low-key, yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Football at 5. Uh, football lost a legend yesterday. How about the passing, the sudden passing of uh, John Madden? We'll talk about that. Casey catches up with one of the local players playing in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl this week. That is on the way. And, of course, more NFL talk. All coming up. Football at 5 on ESPN 690. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.